another episode of the Chefs and Preds podcast. This week, we will be reviewing the single most exciting weekend of CFL football since 1985. Um, with me this week, <laughs> Tyler, Matt, everyone say hello. 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 Do you, have you felt better about CFL football in a long time? After week, this week? I, week this is six. the best I've felt in, since probably pre-pandemic. It, it does feel like this was a much needed week. This I've was got to keep the momentum going, but this was a huge one. We have, to shut, we have to shut our faces for one week about the quarterback play because the quarterback play this week was quite good all around. I think every quarterback that started a game this week had at least a good moment. And some of them, unfortunately, had bad moments. Uh, we'll talk T. Harris. Um, it was not all roses, but overall... An incredible week of CFL football. So this week, we're going to do a little bit of review. I know we're progressive forward thinkers these days, but we will be reviewing. We'll go in game by game, everybody picking out their own individual MVP or MOP, we should say, of each game. Then we will predict the week seven slate uh, and get into a little bit of fantasy action, which I personally cannot wait for. Uh, So... Without further ado, let's get into the first game of the weekend, a game that many felt was going to be uh, the Edmonton Elks' chance to shine. Instead, they fell 37-29 to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and it was not even that close. A late, uh, uh, late touchdown by the Elks um, made that scoreline look closer than it appears. Um, it was a calamitous effort by the Edmonton Elks, particularly uh, the third quarter where Hamilton put up 24 points on them. Uh, so, Tyler, I will defer to you. Who was your MOP of Hamilton versus Edmonton? The MOP is James Butler because he was tearing it up on the ground. 14 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Another three catches for 40 yards, so 167 total yards and a touchdown. Schultz did not play well, or played within himself, I should say. Um, did he had more? He had almost more combined yards catching and running than than Schultz did just throwing the ball entirely. I think they, yeah, he was incredible. Off, yeah, they're off by seventeen yards. So uh, they don't win this game. At least offensively, they don't win this. They don't put up the amount of points they need. I, granted, yeah, the, the garbage time stuff. So you can't really count that all. I also wanted to maybe go with Lawrence Woods the third D- defensive back had nine tackles in the game. It's a lot of tackles for a defensive back. Um. I think he stopped a few. He definitely stopped a few receivers uh, breaking loose and getting touchdowns. Kyron Moore and Stephen Stephen Dunbar Jr. played fine. Um, Shouts to Kyron Moore though. I felt like this was the first good game he's had in a long time. Yeah, uh, Mason so, and, so uh, Ma- I, and, and yeah, Maurice. I enjoyed that. Mason. Uh, Mason French went to my high school. I, he shoved a carrot up his butt one year. I, I, that's oh, okay. Um, Continue. M- Maurice French and Dunbar both also had uh, they had decent games, but they also had big uh, mistakes, both leading to to interceptions in the red zone. Um, or I shouldn't say that French dropped it and a for sure uh, for sure touchdown um, right right in his bread basket in the first quarter, and then Dunbar did something stupid and, and tipped the ball up to a defensive back. I forget who picked it off um, again, also in the red zone. So. Um, just a rough showing for the Elks again, but yeah, highlight James James Butler. James Butler's been the best player on Hamilton all season. He's been putting up the stats, um, and now Hamilton's on a, a two-game winning streak. Here we are. Now, they do unfortunately have to make a change at quarterback as Schultz is going on the uh, six-game IL with what looks like a hammy injury he sustained late in the game. Um, but I will jump in here only to add that I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I've been kind of down on the whole James Butler thing for a while uh, because I felt like, oh, such a good player, and I didn't want him playing on a crappy team and not necessarily, like, shining. But he's shown quite brightly in this game. Um, and so I felt good about that. I felt better about uh, his uh, future in Hamilton if they're going to keep getting him involved this much, which I loved. And so, for sure, James Butler was the M- MOP of this one. Uh, Matt, how do you feel about that? I think that's... It seems correct. A sweep? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an obvious one. Um, there's there's no one else really on the 
Hamilton Tiger Cats that, that kind of came close. Uh, even Tim White, who had a, a, an okay game, but you know that was almost exclusively the 54-yard, um, the, yeah. the big one. Yes. Um, no one else had a really fantastic game. Stats-wise, uh, it was a group effort. And over on the Edmonton side, he can't give an MLP to a loser. So has to be Butler. He's looking really good. He's looking He's sick. Looking good. He's looking very good. Um, I will say the real story of this one, though, uh, not to dig too deep, is the, the errors by the Edmonton Elks. Um, certainly the pick six thrown by Taylor Cornelius when he attempted to offload the ball left-handed. <sighs> For all you listeners, he is a righty. So that was a surprise, led to maybe the most embarrassing pick six I've seen in a long time. Um, as Tyler described, those red zone or close to red zone interceptions, uh, they just really cannot help themselves, and it's very heartbreaking. It's tough. It's tough. Did you have? Uh, did you want to weigh in, John, on which week you thought Edmonton would win their first game? Earlier than this. I don't know. I definitely did, thought it would be earlier than this, man. That was a great segment Matt and I put together. Was the, yeah. was the when, when I when, said when, week eleven against the Tiger Cats in Hamilton, though. I knew they were going to win at home. They're not going to get their first win. I at said home. I said the best That's chance guaranteed. was later in the season against the Riders in the fall. <laughs> Because the Riders are the only team they, that they play consistently close. I would like to take a chance to address something, though, Edmonton Elks related before we move on. And it is something that is grinding my gears greatly. And it is, and I understand the owner? it. No, no, no. It is this constant push for Trey Ford to play. Oh, yeah. It's the, the internet wants it. It is to me like so annoying because hey i'm certainly not saying that the elks are completely competent but even an idiot would say oh man if some guy can't get playing time between what is behind two qbs that are not playing very well in cornelius and daggy that should tell you something there's there's a possibility i'd like people to consider I know, however slim they may think it is, that maybe Trey Ford is not good enough to supplant Cornelius or Daggy. Like, maybe, maybe, just maybe, he's not playing because he's not good enough. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, we're not in practice day in, day out, neither are people on Twitter. So, he may suck yeah. in practice and be the worst QB on the After field. Every, oh, he, Trey Ford has to play now. Why? Well, and, and Chris Jones, I mean, who's who's had his, his downs this season, said as much. He's like, Trey Ford can play if he plays better. Yeah, it's like it's it's, see, it's so annoying. There's no conspiracy against Trey Ford. No, God love him, but you know, no, that and, is really. And when you me. can't get the the start over the lefty interception, well, what just annoys me is there's so many obvious things wrong with the Elks, and I just think it's. I think it's ridiculous to be like, well, if they just played Trey Ford, like obviously they would win a game. It's like, <laughs> really? That's that's the conclusion you've come to. I'm not I'm not quite sure about that one. Uh, so that is uh, just one uh, point of annoyance I would like to uh, point out for everybody involved uh, with the Elks organization. Um, any final words on what was what I thought would be a hopeful night and turned out to be an absolute disaster? No, nah, I mean the we're one what we're one home loss away from the Edmonton Elks having the worst. No, home. I think they said it or they tied no, they it. They tied it. Yeah, they said it with twenty. No, they tied it. Tied the Dallas Mavericks and like another team. Um, for so the next one would be the. It I mean it puts them at the all time record. But okay, if they go to twenty one, then it's themselves alone. It's themselves alone. Okay. Well. Well, at this point, why stop? Yeah, exactly. Get, At least get have your a, name in the record. Book. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna be setting setting best best season records, so might as well just get something out of it. No, I completely agree. All right, let's move on and let's talk Toronto Montreal. Uh, the Argos, in a pretty dang close and good game, uh, make use of a pretty solid third quarter, similar to how Hamilton. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter was good, but they they really twenty eight points in the second half. They created separation in the third. Yeah, with a, uh, ten point uh, margin there. 
another very solid performance from Chad Kelly. Uh, Matt, who's solid. the MVP of this game? Solid. This is this is a tough one. I think it's clearly Chad. Yeah, Mr. Swag. Um, but I'm actually with this one going. This is less of a game MOP, although he was outstanding, and more of a kind of season long nod to AJ Ulet. You like with, that guy? Who is has been really solid. Um, provided. Uh, kind of a, a nice foundation for this offense has allowed we've talked about a lot in recent years about having your running game being a threat means that the quarterbacks and the receivers can kind of open up um, without that running threat the the dbs are mostly are, are allowed to kind of pull back and really cover well um, but them needing to spy a guy like AJ is is really allowed swag to swag out uh, in full. It's going AJ Wallet for me. Yeah, yeah, pretty dang solid game. I mean, six point eight yards of carry. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> Tyler, how do you feel about this situation? I think if Chad Kelly wasn't so good, especially at the end of the game. I would I would look for another player just because it's kind of yeah I was trying each game I tried to look for the non quarterback if I could couldn't do it in this one because actually Chad Kelly overcame a lot of ineptitude on Toronto's part they they had 156 yards of penalties I think it's 15 penalties for it's an insane amount of penalties um, they did everything they could to try to like let Montreal come back in this game. And sort of like sabotage themselves, and Chad Kelly just simply that bat those back and forth drives between between Cody and Chad uh, and Chad at the end of the game. Cody and Chad, geez, what's this rough names for these game? Uh, was uh, was awesome. That was like some of the best bit of of ga- gamesmanship being played at the en- at the end uh, of this week. Uh, it really was like you know I don't like we don't like to see slot fest going back and forth, which is also tight games, but this was you know, operating the offenses efficiently and then like going out and having to match the other, the other quarterback. And he had an answer every time, uh, 21 of 25, just super for 351. It's super efficient. I don't know what the yards per attempt is on that, but it's, it's over well over 10. So, um, the three touchdowns, this was, he's been kind of steady Eddie up to this point in the season. This was his, his bust out game for me. Uh, this, this was, a, a hopefully a harbinger of, of continued excellence. Because right now, you know, with the way, with two Winnipeg's two losses, you have to say, Chad Kelly is, I think you mentioned it when we talked uh, last week, when we talked about quarter season. I think season, I did mention this. Uh, quarter season MOP. I mean, this this was more of an MOP performance for me than, than what he's been put up. So, so I was just ahead of the, I was just ahead of the game. I think he week. kind of predated that he, that he was due for one of these, because this was, yeah. this was good. I will say the Alouettes defense this season is, is booty cakes. But that does not take anything away. Like he executed what he needed when he needed to in the fourth quarter. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I will say also, not to look too far ahead. Um, I think nice that the Owls are getting themselves a little bye week here, week oh, seven, because yeah. they they've gone through it these past few weeks. I mean, Winnipeg, BC, um, Toronto in consecutive weeks is maybe the hardest stretch a team's going to have to go through uh, this season. All those teams playing quite well. Um, so good for Montreal taking a break. But I will say, you know, I want to, like, be niche, of course, and I don't want to be boring and just pick Chad Kelly. So I'm going to shout out uh, DeMonte Coxie specifically for his late-game interception up the right side – or, sorry, late-game touchdown up the right side – uh, which was an absolutely spectacular grab, uh, one of many great plays made by receivers this week. Um, but you know, put the Argonauts in a position to catch to get that dub, um, and I felt that that was a spectacular play and should be rewarded. Uh, although there were, of course, great uh, performances across the Argos team, and also shout out Argos D line. Um, everybody sacks Cody Fajardo a lot, but you don't want to be the team that doesn't. So they made sure they got four in there. Um, and, you know, filled their quota. It's kind of like, imagine the first team that only sacks him twice. 
that D-line meeting the next day is going to be brutal. And going into it, like, they have such a mental advantage. They're just getting, (laughs) it's like, just like knowing that you're going to go in there and just eat. You're just going to, no, 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 no. You just know you're just going to. And he's, and now Cody knows it. Cody knows, and his decision-making gets worse and worse, and he he rolls out more often and quicker. I do wonder what his (laughs) mental you know, what his pregame prep is like behind an offensive line like this. Like, just uh, the mental well, so side of it. Is he, you know, when he's sitting in his locker before the game now, you know, it's just, it's a football game. It's not like he's ever planning to come out unscathed, but he has to prepare himself in a way that I feel like not many quarterbacks have to on a regular basis. Like, he's going to hurt every game. <laughs> And also, you know, some of this is on him. He probably takes more sacks than he should. Uh, I think it's least. totally on him. He, he just he panics. But, man, dude, that would be a tough, tough way to go through a season, to, to, to say the absolute least. Um, but for me, it's DeMonte Coxie. Any final words on this game, guys? Argo's clearly the cream of the crop. Uh, yeah, the the, the, uh, the 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 East. What a week for the East. Just uh, this was the only, the Montreal's only was the only loss for the East this week, I think. That's true, and there, there was going to be one. Uh, so yeah, undefeated against the West this week. Which uh, when's the last? Probably not that long ago, but you know, East should always celebrate that whenever it comes around. Um, let's talk. Next game on the slate, the Shocker. I don't know who had Ottawa scoring 19 unanswered points in the fourth quarter uh, to force overtime and then defeat the Winnipeg Winnipeg Blue Bombers, but they did it, uh, led by Dustin Crum. I'm going to, you know, the things that can be done with his name in terms of (laughs) innuendos. It's, so lim- it's, 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 it's And guess who it's did it? Guess who was the first to break the seal? You wouldn't believe it, but it was the Three Down Nation guys. Dude. Everyone was being cool. No, I would believe it. There, uh, okay, all right. Everyone was being cool about it, and we know. haven't talked about this. Can we talk about? But, can we talk about how but, many points and how but, quick they? So no, 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 no. We need, we need to not. Three Down did it. Point. I was just waiting for them to for somebody on the Three Down team to do it, and they quit, tweeted out from the. Main account. So great, great Three work. Downs guys. puns on a weekly basis are so not funny. They're and the worst. Also, they shit talk like players all the time, and it's so uncalled for. <laughs> it really makes me incredibly annoyed. Yeah, in a in a in a Yeah, I can't Chad believe Kelly people... wishes he had this one back. It's like that's a weird thing to tweet. Like, can you be a normal person and just say, "Great play by the defense"? Like, everything is shit talking, and it is. <laughs> I, I'm really not about it. It really, really annoys the hell out of me. That's all I have to say about that. Let's talk <laughs> MOPs, guys. Uh, I guess I will kick this one off. And who else? Who else? The crumb bucket himself. <laughs> Dustin Crumb. Not an <laughs> incredible game through the air. Um, but Who he cares? Ball, he only turned the ball over once. And he ran like a Mack truck, including a uh, touchdown in regulation to set up the uh, game-tying two-point conversion to Nate Bahar, uh, as well as an electric game-winning uh, touchdown run in overtime incredible great moment the fans were hyped i watched that video of his game-winning touchdown so many times bob dice hyped out of his skull running down the field uh it was a total vibe it was an I absolute vibe it was so a wild in. play and the, yeah, I, I, I mean just, it was a broken play and then he just saw the scene uh, it, but i still I the, this game it. has my jaw on the floor so it's just i don't <laughs> I don't. I, this is almost more mathematically improbable than the Patriots' twenty-eight uh, to three, just because they had time to do it. This was in. This was in two minutes of the two minutes and thirty seconds of game time. They scored yeah, nineteen this would points. Have been like, I to mean, steal an NFL example. Obviously, had the Patriots. This would have been like 
if the Lions had a comeback against the Patriots. Dude, as, okay, but I also want to I also want to say this: the seeds of the comeback are actually like a, a planted a little differently for me. Because yes, okay, Crum, Crum is the MOP, and you can't really give a specific MOP on the Ottawa defense, but. Winnipeg was so bad at running the ball this game. Dude, they they were so they were so bad that at the end of the game that that pick six that was such an ill advised throw by Caleros. There's only two minutes left and you're up by 16 points. Just run the ball and punt it and make them drive the field. They haven't been able to do it all day. What do you do? What are they doing? Calling a calling like a, a pass play like across the other side of the field. Like of course that guy was gonna jump that that route. What what were they thinking? Just you know what the- I would like to say, Tyler, is that we on this pod have all stated that the Ottawa D comes to play. I have not been as high on the Ottawa D, but, I mean, you got to give the defensive line. I mean, I'm giving them the collective MOP. They held that. Oliver- Olivera. The run D. The run D. Run D. The, the, yeah, the run D. Because the Olivera has had a very good season. He had nine yes. carries for 16 yards to lead the team today. Just they were getting absolutely nothing. Now, to be fair to Oliveira, he had, did have three catches for 93 yards. It's not as if he didn't do anything. But running them on the ground, t- terrible. There wasn't anybody who stood out on the defense. I mean, nobody had more than five tackles. I can't pinpoint somebody to give. If you want to give it to Lorenzo Malden because he had a sack, go go for it. But uh, just what a performance. And, and honestly, it set up the comeback because – Winnipeg didn't trust themselves at the end to just run the ball to end the game. So they tried to get cute and pass. I mean, horrible coaching job for, for everything that we've allotted uh, the coaching staff at Winnipeg for. The play calling at the end of that game was... So just, this one's on O'Shea? This one, oh, 100%. O'Shea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Total, total, like, to me, the coach has got to be the, like the... All right, we gave up the touchdown. Let's go back out there. Let's try to run, let's try to run it up their throats and just, like... We're still up by nine points, like, or eight points. Like, let's just, no, it couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't just stop them from scoring almost 20 points in two minutes. It's just, I mean, that's on, that's coaching for me. Uh, just like last week, I kind of blamed the, the Elks, just special teams coach for not mentioning, you know, Hey, can't, can't, can't let up a rouge on this kickoff. Like, just as equal to blame the coaching staff here. I don't blame the players. They, they, they just, they crumbled. I feel uh, like this is going in the right direction because usually you'd be a player blamer. No, today this is a coach blame for me. Also, you got to say Winnipeg too. Just the the way they've lost their two. I mean, they have two losses. Yes. The way they've lost some games are just sort of like he leaves you just your head scratching. Yes, I thought that exact same thing. Two not good losses so far yeah. this year. They've they've you know obviously you get the breaks beat off you by BC and then you have a comeback against a team that's been one of if not the worst team in the CFL over the past three seasons uh, very interesting uh, performance um, by by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Matt who is the MOP of this one my heart wants to give this one to Zach Caleros interesting because I do feel that he played very well everyone uh, of everyone who played in this game, uh, he played the best. He was the most outstanding player. But uh, if not Dustin Crum, it's got to be Nady B. Yes. Ten catches. Yes. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want him to get left out. No. Uh, ten catches for 87 yards. Um, just, you know. Uh, the two-point conversion. Yeah, one of those guys um, that – has always been like on the cusp, just outside the top ten, or just breaking in for a number of years. Um, so really, uh, was happy to see him ball out again. Uh, so yeah, Nate Bahar played a great game um, for a guy like Dustin Crum, who uh, doesn't have, let's say, any experience. Having somebody that you know you can throw to and he's going to pull it in for you is a huge, uh, huge benefit. Yes. Yep. No, I completely agree. I love that. I love that Bahar had a big one. Um, it's cool. It's cool that Ottawa got this win, to say the least. This is probably the win that made me the happiest this week. Um, just because I love that Ottawa got a dub to be excited about. The, the, the vibe coming out of last week was, was one that was sad, but support the team was 
supporting each other. So yes. I really think this win just fe- feels real good. It just it's you can't be upset about this um, in any way, shape, or form. They deserve it. You know, rough times generally. Everybody rallied around Masoli. So this was this was. I think this one was one of those like do it for him kind of games, and it, it it's improbable that it happened with the way it did. But I think there was a little bit of a some 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 goodwill being sent their way. They did it. All right, let's move on then. Final game of the week, as <laughs> if the madness of Can... a one score game uh, between Ottawa or between Montreal and Toronto, an overtime game, overtime comeback in Ottawa. Uh, we had an absolute barn burner decided on a 50-yard field goal for the Calgary Stampeders to beat Saskatchewan 33-31. to um, Insanity. Matt? There's only one correct answer, team? Matt. Let's hear it. Uh, Renee, right? Great pick, Matt. He's had a rough <laughs> season so far. He has. And he, he knocked it in. He did. You know what? That's what really is four for four. Whether you're whether you're talking value or whether you're talking about out being outstanding in your field, arriving at the moment and saying, "I will hit a fifty-yard field goal to give us the victory." That's what does it. That's what does it. I love that. <laughs> so it's Renee for me. Good job, Tyler. It's your this, turn. this can only be given to one player because of how awesome he was, and it cannot be denied. And it's the only reason that Sketch was even in the game, and that is Mario Alford, who is the game MVP. Oh. Two punt return touchdowns, seven, return, seven punt returns for almost 100. I like this. For 184 yards, two kick returns for another 50 yards, so a total of, what have, I, what have we got there? Like 237 yards of uh, on on nine returns that's awesome the the plays were electric they were both di- totally different returns one was like a like a shorter field return but he caught it in traffic and just like bro- got to the outside or excuse me broke broke through the lines kind of juked everybody and the other one was kind of a longer like full field punt return just fat being faster than everybody they were awesome electric plays they're the only reason saskatchewan even had a, a sniff in that game um so yeah, Mario Alford. You know, if they had won that game, like the, the Alford is the clear MOP in this one. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Um, great game. Uh, good pick by Matt. I like the I like the kicker pick because Paredes has been very poor this season, and I even would say has cost Calgary some games uh, potentially this year. And this this one he totally made up for it. So um, big win for Calgary. Hmm. Are you going to do like Jake? You're, are you going to do it? Are you finally going to give him his due? No, I will not give Jake Mayer his due. Hmm. He played a team that was emotionally rocked by the injury to their starting quarterback, Trevor Harris. Now, did that happen in the fourth quarter? Sure, but they could feel it coming all game. So Their defense, played, their defense played quite good. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, no, it, I will shout out Jake Mayer. Uh that's a solid performance, his best of the year uh, when they needed it. Um, you cannot really uh, hold anything against him. Didn't get that much help from the running game. And so to put up, uh, you know, 33 points, had himself a couple touchdowns, over 300 yards passing. Uh, I would say that's what we've been waiting to see from him. Uh, so uh, I've got to give it up to Jake. Um, I do want to cede the floor. I don't want to take up too much time because I know, Tyler, you have some gripes on this one, but I will yeah. say that, yeah, this is uh, a performance that we've been waiting to see, um, you know, and a performance that was necessary for Calgary, which only had one win coming into this week, had just come off uh, a very lackluster performance against Winnipeg, um, and so was was very necessary. Uh, so good on them, uh, and uh, now we move on and see if they can keep this momentum rolling. Got, got, Tyler, to, say, got to say, before I get points. negative on the coaching staff, before I get negative. Okay. We got to shout out the, the Calgary defense. I will say the special teams is what kept Saskatchewan in the game, and the defense is what kept it that those two touchdowns didn't end up helping them win because 
Calgary defense has not been able to get any pressure on quarterbacks. They had seven sacks this game, three different players with two sacks. They and then they and linebacker or Micah Awe and Titus Wall ten tackles apiece. So they were just getting after it, flying around, making plays. Unfortunately, you know, of course, I don't want them to hurt quarterbacks. The nature of the game, it was an awkward one where he felt backwards, on it, but they were just getting after it. Um, my coaching staff problem is that the first punt return is excusable, um, but then to the thing is that was then I think it was I don't know how many minutes of game time later because it was sort of like a second quarter, third quarter, um, or was it not even that many? You punt, you punt a long one to Alford again and you give him a chance to return the call to not directional punt after giving up the first one when you give up one and also calgary special teams were pretty bad all season um to not directional kick one the second time and just give him another shot at it is just moronic uh game shouldn't have been this close special teams was an absolute mess he was making big returns all game long highlighted by those two touchdowns just got it just got to be better from the coaching staff calgary has played themselves into close games this season mostly out of ineptitude they should have they should have more than two wins um and i'm going to question dave about everything it's just the way it is <laughs> what do you we have a we have a blood we have a we have a in, in I, I, five weeks yeah. time or however long it takes six weeks time i'm sure they have a bye if they're sitting at seven and three, do you think you'd lay off them, or do you think you'd uh, give them, you know? A... No, I'd, oh, I'd just give Jake all the credit that he's overcome his coaching staff. I like that, actually. That's on brand. <laughs> that makes for better content. All right, guys, week six was awesome. Any final notes on that before we head on to – Just want to see more team? of it. Just give me – that was amazing. So give me some stats. Give me stats. Give me real-time stats. Oh, my God. Just give me give me stats really that's all i'm looking for it is week seven of the cfl and we do not have a stats page on cfl.com i i feel like you're we shouldn't go on podcast without men we should probably mention this at the beginning of every podcast it's so 100%. embarrassing it and is. annoying it really it's makes like obviously this is selfish it's really bad for you know people but it, it makes like doing something as simple as doing a podcast like so much more labor intensive like it used to be literally with just the stats page you could knock out prep in 10 minutes boom 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 you already know what you're gonna talk. now like oh my god it is just it is so embarrassing for this league truly shameful let's go let's talk week seven uh the excitement I don't know how it's, I don't know how exciting week seven is going to be. There's seems to be some lopsided matchups, but we could have said the same thing ahead of week six and look what we got. So first, does anybody know what the standings of the predictions pool are? It's, it's got to be me in first. I, I don't. Oh okay. my gosh. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I, I think he, here's what I think. I think it's me because it's the la- not I. It's, I think I, it is. I, when Tyler, when you and I did it, you would just pull the head by one. So you and I were one off, and I think John and Peter were tied. No, no, John, 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 you, yeah, you, yes, correct. You and I were tied, and then John and Peter had fallen a game back. Now, I, I've had three weeks in a row where I've gone solo on a pred, and so I think I've moved ahead because this week, it, last week it was Calgary, the week before it was, um, it was was it toronto toronto no it was gotta look i picked an upset every week no i picked a hamilton when everybody was on the red blacks and then i picked the argos over bc through on week four and so i think i was down two and i creeped so i should be up by one at least oh yeah i'm gonna go check the tape we gotta get yeah we gotta get the graphics and we'll, we'll, we'll get it back up we'll get it back up. all right we'll go ahead with the idea that tyler is first so that means tyler you will pick the game that kicks off week seven when edmonton goes on the road and visits uh what looks to be a motivated winnipeg blue bottle oh this is gonna be uh let's I... let's also add to this game i'm just predicting that we may have all the same pick 
margin yeah. of victory. The last drubbing I predicted was the BC Lions drop kicking the Alouettes, which happened because the BC lost the week before and wanted to take it out on the Alouettes. I'll tell you right now, it's gonna it's gonna be that kind of game for for the Elks. Unfortunately, I think they would have received some mercy had Winnipeg won that game. What I mean by that is Auto Winnipeg would have just come out, done the thing, and then maybe taken the foot off the gas. I don't know if there's a foot off the gas after after blowing that lead. So this this might get get ugly. Start your Winnipeg players. Uh, I'm saying the margin Return of victory. Return Kenny of, Lawler. Yeah, I would put. Uh, I yeah, Shown Lawler. Just got to play them all. Dembski. Uh, I would go with a. I'm gonna go with a 18 point win. Okay. I think that's I think that's all. Matt. Pick. I've got Winnipeg. I think that's. We don't need that's to wait too, waste too much time on this one. By no, how much no, do you we, think? Oh, uh, not. I don't think this will be a drubbing. Okay. Oh. Um. We'll say ten points. Interesting. I have the Blue Bombers. I think they win by seventeen points. Did and you I price? Did you prices right me? Uh, I actually reverse prices right you because I went under. Okay. Um, and I think that uh, Kenny Lawler has over a hundred yards receiving. Interesting. Um, the Elks need to run the need to play straight forward so he can run because clearly Winnipeg struggles against running quarterbacks. That's that's that's, that's an idea. That's an idea. That's an idea. All right. Toronto Hamilton Hamilton uh, rolling out with a new quarterback this week. Um, and let me get this name right, Taylor Powell, wearing number zero, which is so sick. He came in uh, in uh, relief of Schiltz after he went down. Also our old f- friend Antonio Pipkin back in the CFL, signing with Hamilton as they deal with injuries to Bo Levi and Schiltz. Um, Toronto, obviously we've discussed at length. They are looking good at 4-0. and oh. Matt, who wins this game? I think, unfortunately, it has to be Toronto. I could see with Schilt still in, Hamilton putting up a, a better effort. But um, although Powell came in and, and played okay. He did throw a bomb um, like on his first play or something. Yeah, so, but I think Toronto's uh, looking too strong. Uh, yeah, I think Toronto's looking strong. I think we get a Toronto victory. Uh Let's see. I want to see if I can throw something spicy on this. Oh, I like this. I want. I I have Curly Gittens going over a hundred yards. Okay. I'm. I'm, I'm am I? St- you've been. You've been the fantasy guy this week. Am I, am I starting Curly over over anybody on my t- on my squad right now? That's up to you. I just think he's going to have a hundred yards. Okay. I like it. Um. Yeah. It's it's the Argos. Um. I would say like. Maybe this is if you're looking for the Argos to have like a a brain lapse game. This this might be the game. Although Hamilton coming on the two game, they're kind of you know it's a chance for them to go second by themselves in the East, three and three. Yeah, Toronto's too hot and Chad Kelly looks too good, and I I just don't trust the Tiger Cats defense enough. Um, I think the Argos could. I mean, have the, what's the Argos' lowest point total this season? It might have been last week. So let's 30. see, they went 35 last week. They had a bye week 5. 35, 45, 45, 43. So 43, 32 points is their, is their season low. That's yeah, incredible. That's really good. Uh, don't think – I think – I actually think Hamilton will be okay. James Butler, I think, has been amazing. I think he'll continue to be amazing. Incredible. But, yeah, I don't, I don't – they're going to need to score probably at least 30 points to have a, a crack at it, and I don't think they're going to do that against the Argos. That's filthy. Okay. Moving on then, BC coming off a bye, uh, looking to extend their lead in the West, uh, taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who will now be helmed by Mason Fine. Uh, I believe that a well-rested BC Lions team uh, will take down Saskatchewan. Um, I think if Jake Mayer can throw for 315, uh, Vernon Adams could probably double that. So look for a 600-yard game from VA. Um, and BC gets the job done. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out here. I, I, I I'm hearing. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe Tyler. Maybe you. You can. Maybe you're gonna say what I'm gonna say. Hear me out here. 
Say it one more time. This season, teams that have like lost their starting quarterback sort of rallied around the backup. Hamilton's a great example, rallying around Schultz and then uh, him getting a dub. Rallying around Crum getting a dub. Do they round Mason Fine? I will say that okay, one of the touchdowns was a complete fluke, but it was an awesome touchdown at the end of the Hail Mary at the end of the game. It was awesome. Oh yeah, sorry, but the, the bad coaching thing. Also, the, to, to not tell your D backs to just knock down a third and twenty four and try to go for a pick was moronic. That was also on the coaching staff. Sorry, I forgot. To, I'd forgotten that play. Needed to mention that Dickinson. What do you? Why is anybody attempting to pick off that ball? I have no idea. I digress. Renee Paredes completely bailed them out. Um, I'm going with the Lions. Yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I've seen I've seen enough Mason Fine. Set him up and knock him down. I've seen enough Mason Fine over the last couple of years when Cody's been hurt, and to know that if this were if this were the Elks, I'd probably go with Saskatchewan, but it's not. BC's still quality. Their defense is still the 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 premier defense of the CFL. So that's um, true. Yeah. Premier. Yeah, I want to. I, I want to do Sketch pretty bad. I Ooh. think Morrow uh, is playing really well, Jamal Morrow, and I, I think that could overcome yes, he is. Uh, a lot of maybe deficiencies in Mason Fine. Um, and I also think that while Sketch, their defense has been they're on a down year. Definitely, they're they're playing worse than BC, who's having a really strong year. Um, but I do think the Sketch defense is is strong enough to give VA some some work. But yeah, I think that BC defense is what is going to tip the scales for me and, and make this one a, a sweep. Um, I just think they're that dogs. they're they're really aggressive, um, and I think it's something that you see when we talk about with Cody. Like part of the, the sack equation is not necessarily a porous offensive line it's like the decision making to stand your ground or move a certain direction to flow with the pocket or to not roll out one direction like there's a lot of decision making by the quarterback that plays into does a sack happen or does a bad pass happen or does you know the need to throw it away happen so BC getting into Mason's face, making him make some bad decisions. I think that tips the scales. Although this one could be, I think, will be close. How close? Uh, within five points. Wow. That's a prediction I was not expecting, uh, <laughs> but I love it. So let's now go. Is this the game of the week? Ottawa Calgary. The game of the Two week. Coming off big wins. Yep. Trying to get another Hugely. big win. Toronto Ham. I mean Toronto Hugely. Hamilton. Toronto Hamilton is also uh, kind of close, but that's I think the disparity and where the teams are at currently. But but Hamilton yeah, and it's Toronto a great rivalry, are, are but hot. I think Toronto the two spanks teams. So mm, Tyler, back to you. Who wins? Uh, it's gonna be the Stampeders. Oh yeah, the interesting. Du- the Dustin Crumb game we'll always remember. Well, but we ha- we, ha- we, <laughs> we'll, we also can't we'll forget. That they, we also can't forget that they were also down. They were also down nineteen points in the in the end of the game for a reason, and that's because they didn't play well for the first ninety five percent of the game. So, um, awesome win, Dustin Crumb, forever a legend. Whatever happens after this, that is one of the best comebacks you're going to see in any sport all year long. Um, but I do think Jake Mayer found something. I think the Calgary defensive line found something, and and I do like them to to win this game. Um, I think I think Calgary is is, they, is there bye week after this? They could you know they could really do themselves some huge favors by grabbing this, going three they, and three. They do not have a bye week after this. Calgary does not have a bye week until she's week whoa whoa week 15 that's incredible okay so you know stay hot <laughs> change what you were gonna say you were gonna say this is a great way to kick off a long run of games this is a great way to kick off a long run of games yeah i i, I like them here they've already beaten ottawa um away so 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling good about this spread. I think the Stampede, the Stampeders schedule actually the next two weeks looks all right. They get the Red Blacks, and then I think they can take the Alouettes next week. Uh, they have then, Toronto, then, then, then it gets a little hard because then they go, then they go Argos, BC, Winnipeg three weeks in a row. So they need to Maybe get their win. It's important for them to they, pad their pad. Oh, the, pad dude, the actually, this this is their, they're such a rough schedule after week nine. At week nine, it starts. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Week eight, they go they have Al's and they go Argos, BC, Winnipeg, Argos. Ugh, that's tough. It's tough. It's tough. So nah. they got they got to get the wins. Uh, this is a must win for Calgary. This would be a nice win for Ottawa. The East is still wide open. Uh, a loss doesn't doesn't doom Ottawa. I just feel I feel like the Stampeders need to get their wins now before they go on that run of games. So. I say must win for the Stamps, therefore. The same reason I picked them last week, it was a must win. I think this is a must win once again. I like that. I think this is going to be a pretty swaggy game. I think both teams are feeling it. Um, uh, I do think that Ottawa is looking a little swaggier. Um, I think they're feeling themselves. I think there's a lot of good energy and... Something that we've seen from seen from them is that they've played well, but there's been you know mostly quarterback, but also um, some running back issues, but uh, mostly with injuries and then some you know just down games. So, but what we've seen from Ottawa that I don't think we've seen from Calgary is um, a portion of the team firing on all cylinders. Like we have not seen, I don't think Calgary playing really well at any facet of the game. We have seen Ottawa play really good defense. Um, and so I think that's why Ottawa's going to take this one. That's very convincing, Matt. Thanks. Swaggy. Almost. Is it enough? No. <laughs> I do think Calgary gets the job done. Um, I think that... Uh, yeah, I just don't know. I think that there's a little more there to be sustained versus the magic of that win against Winnipeg. I think uh, overall, I think you, you, you're hyped by the Ottawa win, but you you think that Calgary's win was a little bit more, um, you know, they held on versus a comeback versus, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. I think Calgary I hear gets you. it done. I hear you. Uh, I am excited to see Mayor versus Ottawa defense. I think that's the matchup to look for. Um, can they get pressure on them, make them turn the ball over? I'm very excited about that, but I think uh, Calgary gets the job done there. And, and, and with that being said, Matt, let's talk fantasy, something I've been really looking forward to. All right. Fantasy is in an interesting place because it's kind of not – well, it, it's at least separated out. Um, so, John, you are leading. You have 441.8 points. Um and uh, Tyler, you're, you know, a, a solid bit behind him at 402.3. And then there's a big gap down to me at 347.6. And then another big gap uh, to 316.5 from Peter. So I think, John, you are... Oh, Tyler's been had a couple good ones. So you're, you've had two games or two weeks in the 80s, one week in the 90s. Tyler, uh, you've had two weeks in the 80s, um, but no 90 weeks. No 90 weeks. I got kind of close twice, but yeah, I don't know. I think my team is ceiling that about what I what I got this week. I think it is sort of the... I want to get a Centurion week, though. I, want yeah, I know. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, John John is looking like the... I I, I don't know. Something would have to... I mean, if, if, if Kelly can, can maintain the type of performance like that and getting like 31 a week or at the yeah. odd week where they just bust out like that i think i could maybe nip some ground on john but i think john's just looking at your lineup you're gonna get consistent week over week stuff like you're gonna get the caleros you know Oliveira was terrible on the ground he still got you 15 points because he was awesome in the air yeah, but I think Rasheed Bailey is the only like kind of hole in your roster where I'm like. But now yeah. Kenny Waller fills that. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, 
like the one hole in your roster just is gone. The Winnipeg defense yeah. is always going to put up, you know, a respectable number. Not going to get you in the negatives, which is really kind of the only thing you could ask for defense. Um, Morrow's your flex is a great flex. Shout out running backs. Last season, if you would have said two two lineups here uh, in the fantasy would be running two running backs in the RB and flex positions, would not have believed you just because they're, <laughs> they're seriously. We complained last season how bad the running back depth was. It's actually decent this year. Good running. I mean, I'm starting AJ and Dedrick Mills. Uh, they're I, I mean, I have to. I have to pen them in because they've been great. Just Morrow and Oliveira. James Butler's been good. I see Stanback's probably been the biggest disappointment so far, but he's also coming back off the injury. So, yeah, shout out CFL running backs. Shout out pair. Rick Ross reference right there. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've said all there needs to be said. Uh, we're all crossing our fingers that the CFL builds on what was an electric week six. Guys, any final news is uh, news or notes before uh, we let these fine people... Did Peter make his preds yet? Can somebody remind Peter to make his preds and also maybe remind him that if he doesn't... He could set his lineup and if players are hurt, he should... Or not playing, that he should You can text some. the group chat right now. <laughs> he should make some free agency moves. I mean, he's he can still climb out of the basement of fantasy, potentially, but I mean, with each passing week, it gets less likely. It does. It does. It does. No more college. Right. Ex- no more college excuse either. That excuse is sailed. Yeah, I completely agree. Okay. With that being said, uh, follow us on Twitter, Shuffs and Preds. We will be posting the pod this week on Twitter. Uh, I know we've gotten a little lazy. Uh, you know, life happens. It's summer. These things happen. Uh, but we'll get back to you. Um, email us, shuffsandpreds at gmail.com. Leave us a review. Uh, say nice things, uh, call your mother, and then we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.